Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti got a good friend, Clint Davis, uh, in the house. Clint, all the way from Louisiana. Welcome. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, and I've, I've got you here speaking to um, some parents, but I wanted uh, to just kind of have a little session with you, talking to our young men uh, before you go in and talk to a bunch of parents, because uh, a lot of your heart um, really is for discipling young men. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you've, you've got two boys of your own. Um, you're a man, right? Yes. And you understand the importance of uh, training men to really... Um, not only walk in a manner that's worthy of their calling, um, but to be a leader, to, to be an influencer, right? To use Definitely. that particular position that God has given us as, uh, as a leader, right? As a, as a male in our culture uh, and to do things differently. And so um, just kind of in, in, you know, thinking about what message you want to give to some young guys, um, you were kind of like, you know, I want to talk about, right? I mean, just uh, sex, dating, right? Uh, purity, that whole aspect of really kind of doing life in a, in a manner that is uh, done well and done right so that that it can influence not only the relationships that they're in, but the community that you're growing up in. So, like, where do you want to start? Like, what would, what, what would kind of your message be to that young guy of, um, you know, what what's the first thing you want to get across to that guy to, to really think about? Well, I think for me, I, I always, uh, you know, I have a podca- podcast called Asking Why. I love and the it. reason that I say Asking Why is because I like people to understand kind of the foundation. So let's talk about that. I think one of the problems in American culture is that unlike cultures for thousands of years, we don't transition boys into manhood. True, We've lost yep. the art yep. of, hey, you're now a man. You know, thousands of years we would do a ritual or we would have a thing. And in a lot of other cult- countries and cultures, they still do. Now, yeah. sometimes it's crazy, like laying someone in ants or leaving someone out in the woods for three days without yeah. food. You know, but it's this rite of passage transition. And so I want guys to understand if they didn't get that, then they have to kind of build that for themselves. Yeah. They have to almost... We just, we just have this extended adolescence. Right. Right. I mean, until you're 27 or 28 and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, I guess I need to go off and, you know, become adulting and, and figure that out. But you're right. There, there really isn't that that big mark. And I think I think a lot of people think manhood starts when, you know, you're 18 and I can, you know, vote or you're 21 and you can drink or you're and it's just like that's not really true. There, yeah. There, there isn't that essence to it. No, I think it it starts around 12 or 13 yeah. that you that you get a group of men around your son that has been around your son. Mm-hmm. That's another problem with our life as community is that, you know, I look at my boys, they're six and nine, and I, and at 12 or 13, I want to have at least four or five men who we can go on vacation with, yeah. go to a trip, go somewhere they've never been, do some hard things, and those men can speak into their life. Yeah. But it can't be random strangers. It has to be people who have known them. So a lot of us haven't grown up with that. And so I'd want guys to recognize that if they didn't have that, they're going to have to find that. They're going to have to find that in God. And I, I call it reparenting ourselves. Yeah. We have to you know, have a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit and, and reparent and go, okay, what are the things I didn't get? What are some things that were maybe neglected that I need to find some men in my life that are healthy in church and go, hey, can you 
mentor me and, and meet with me and talk with me and yeah. help me chip away at some of this and, stuff. and honestly, even if you did have that, I think it's a continual oh, process absolutely. that you need. So if, if you had a great dad growing up and he poured a lot of truth into you and spoke a lot of truth into you, um, that, that can't be the only man. Who's no, we don't listen to him anyway, right. you know, like sometimes it's like as good as he is. Well, you know, yeah. honestly, I mean, I remember, um, you know, one of my boys came home one time and told me something that a coach had said to him, which I had said to him a thousand times, but all of a sudden his ears, you know, heard it for yep. the first time. And I was like, you know, but it's like, it doesn't matter who's speaking it to you. If, if somebody's speaking truth to you and you're listening, that's fantastic. Yep. Well, it's our own pride to get in the way, right? My yeah. wife literally like two nights ago, we were at a Bible study and she was like saying something and I was just shaking my head laughing because I'd said it like 400 times for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. But yeah. for some reason, somebody else said it and it clicked and I was like, praise God. Instead Amen. of being like, you should have listened to me. That's right. It's like, no, that's great. The yeah. Holy Spirit spoke to well, you. Yeah. Right? And I mean, how, how many times has God sent something to me over and over and over and over Ooh. again? And then all of a sudden it clicks through something and yeah. you know, God's like, okay. I mean, I've had patience with you have patience with other people. hundred percent. But I think that's such an important thing is, is who are the people that you're allowing to speak into your life? And I think for so many young people, unfortunately today, right, it's celebrities and athletes, which very few of them really kind of, you know, have anything worth saying. Right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're popular. And even if they do, they're not in relationship with you. Okay. And yeah. so I think that's yeah. the biggest thing is like, even if they have, even if it's a podcast or a Ted talk or anything, and th- you know, it's important. Those are good things like, like this one, I think it's helpful, but what these should do is motivate you to go find someone in your life Amen. to have a relationship yep. with so you can talk about the information. So this is like a reading a book or listening to a podcast or watching a movie. You need to have somebody go, okay, that, that really resonated. The Holy Spirit spoke through that information, but it's just information. It's not transformation. Right. Transformation happens through relationships. Amen. Um, on the sexual dynamic, I think it's interesting for, for in the same way, we weren't taught, a lot of us weren't taught how to date. Yeah. And in American culture, we're not really taught biology and science, and we don't really understand how men and women are. And so Dr. Jim Malone uh, has a lot of good research that people should check out, and they can listen to our podcast episodes. But he talks about how um, the science really is showing us that men, they have um, hormones, and I won't get super nerdy, but they have hormones in their body that when they are in a relationship with a woman and they have sex without connection, without bonding, mm-hmm. so both men and women need to bond. Men need to bond by being in a long-term relationship, and I think it's vasopressin um, that um, yeah, releases for the women, it's oxytocin, right? Yep. That releases through long-term committed connection. Yes. If they have sex with a girl soon without committed connection, then that it doesn't get released, and so it doesn't kill the testosterone hormone and lower it. And so what happens is, is that guy goes, "Okay, I'm done with you. On to the next." Sure. And so it's this kind of guys chase after these girls. They feel connected. They have sex, and then they don't want them anymore. All of a sudden, they're not attractive. And that's a biological thing because guys need to procreate, and God's wired us to have babies and have families, but to provide for that family and stay connected to that family. And so in order to do that, we need committed relationships. And so when we do the opposite of it, no wonder it falls apart. Whereas in women, they release oxytocin because of their estrogen levels. So if they have sex early, they're locked in. Yeah versus a guy. Yeah. So you see it's this. It's kind of funny how it's just the opposite. Right. It's like, it, we, we, this is not rocket science. Yep. Like, even though it is science, it's like, we know this. We see this in relationships. You know that as a man, you have to be sensitive with your body and sensitive with your actions yep. because of the fact that, one, it's best for you, and two, it's going to really affect a woman way different than it's going to affect you. Yep. It's going to impact them emotionally in a way that you're going to move on and it's not going to have no meaning. And that that's terrible to, to use a person and see them as just an object. Yep. And so I think knowing that, I think we, we need to parent and disciple and lead in that way of going, okay, guys, 
I know your hormones and the culture and the instinct is to do this, but you're really, you know, you're really paying something, you know, you're, you're doing something that's not going to have long-term payoff. Yeah. It's that instant gratification. Yeah. And it's going to be very harmful to you and it's going to be very harmful to the relationship. I remember reading about how the, uh, uh, the emotional ceiling in a relationship is set when you introduce sex. Yep. And so if you introduce sex on the first date or the first week or whatever, right, then that's the depth of the emotional relationship right, that you're going to have. And, and the reason is because, right, if you have conflict, right, how do you resolve the conflict? And if you've already introduced sex, you resolve the conflict by using sex because that's what it does. It bonds two people together. Yep. Well, the problem with that is you can never work through any conflict, right, because you continue to use sex, mm-hmm. but the conflict never goes away. And so you don't know why, you know, I mean, we're having sex, it's a great relationship, but there's always this constant conflict that we can never resolve. And the relationship eventually goes away because people can't stand to be in a relationship where there's just constant conflict. And yeah, because you're using sex as the drug. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, no, you, you won't be able to stay in that. And so unfortunately, you know, people introduce sex early. Right. And then they get married. They have a couple of kids. Right. But they have this incredible amount of conflict that they've never resolved. They've never worked through. You know, and usually it's, you know, I don't know if you see this in your practice, but, you know, my experience, what I've seen is it's usually the, the woman who wakes up at about 34 years old, <laughs> has three little kids and she looks over at her husband and she's like, what in the world? Yep. Like this guy is not leading me spiritually. Mm-hmm. He's not. And they, and they go back to the things that they know are true. They go back to church and they realize, you know, what am I going to do? Right. And those relationships fall apart. Right. And the husband, right, immediately moves on to somebody else. Yep. And, and it's, 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 it's tremendously sad to see. Right. But it's, it's so often that we, that you see it. Yeah. I, I would say for this, I think that's going to shift, which is interesting in the next five to 10 years and it's shifting for this generation. So some young guys might be listening to this and going, that's totally not my experience. Right. These girls are coming on to me. Yep. They're sending me pictures. They're, you know, on TikTok. And I think that's the, in the last three to four years, like it's the interesting dynamic that I've seen of like kids, like at high schools that I've spoken at or colleges, they'll come up to me and they're like, man, it's not me, yep. you know, like I'm yep. trying to get away from this stuff. And so um, I think we're going to see a switch in that when it comes to like pornography, pornography, for example, like, you know, as a male, all of us are tempted by the phone and the things that are on there. You don't even have to be looking for it and they're going to send you sure. ads or Absolutely. see you, you know, th- put you put things in the comments that you weren't looking for. Um, so with testosterone and being visually stimulated, like we, that's been our thing forever. We've been abusive. We, you know, we've been neglectful. We've looked at porn. We've cheated. But all of a sudden, and so that's been a kind of male shame thing that we've had. Like men are gross, men are grotesque. They like sex more than women, and you know, they use it for horrible things. And it's like, okay, well, on on the on paper, you're tr- it's right. Like guys do use that for that, but that's because we're very visually stimulated people. Mm-hmm. And porn and magazines have been geared towards us. Action movies and sex scenes have been geared towards us, and so it's predominantly been men. But what we're seeing now, because of the phone and because of social media is that the the number of women looking at pornography is is surpassing in some in some groups men. Yep. And so now it's like well it's not just a guy issue it's a human issue. Yep. And I so in a positive way it's it's terrible that that much porn's going around yep. but in a positive way it's I hope that over the next 3 to 5 years we get a little bit of evening out and going okay Broken sexuality goes both ways Amen. for men and women. Absolutely, it looks different on how it plays out most of the time because yeah. of biology. But I think men have gotten beat up for a very long time for having this desire. And so, one of the examples I always use is chocolate cake. So, if you put chocolate cake in front of me, and I I'm, I hate chocolate cake, okay. right? And if I you put it in front of me, I'm not tempted to eat the cake, right? I'm like, I'm not going to eat that. Yep. Well, that's not a moral choice, right? Yep. That's just I don't like cake. Yep. And so. For women, sometimes 
their biology is they're not stimulated by visual things. Right. Like if a boyfriend sends a girlfriend, and this is kind of what I'm, what I wanted to talk about is like sending a nude picture to your girlfriend, right, or sending a picture of your penis. Guys send that to girls because that's what they want, and so they're like, oh, I'll, I'll turn them on by sending them a picture. Yeah. Well, they're not wired that way. They see it and they go, oh, I don't. Why did yeah. you send me yeah. this? Right. Well, that's been the case for a very long time. And so pornography has been like this cake that I love, that I'm tempted by. It smells good. I want to eat it. And so for a long time, we've gone, women have gone in the culture, well, that's gross. I can't believe you would like it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you don't get a gold star. You don't even, you're not even tempted by it. Right. Like you're not biology. It doesn't smell good to you. You don't want to eat it. But now we're seeing the swing where now they are. And now because of the stimulation and the way they're making pornography and all these things, we're seeing lots of girls become addicted. Yeah. And so it's going to be an interesting um, task for these young men who are listening to this right now to figure out how they can be the leaders, how they can – because we're out of our depth in some ways. Like that wasn't what we grew up with. So I'm looking for Christian males to step up and go, okay, here's what I'm experiencing. Let me step into leadership. Let me write some books. Let me do some podcasts. And let me come up with something that changes the world. And I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. You know, there's not a Christian social media platform. Yeah. And I've not thought about that until just the other day when I was doing the talk. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's not like a, you know, a Christian Mingles is like a, a dating right. platform for Christians. Right. It's like, well, why hasn't some 25-year-old come up with a... Uh, uh, one that doesn't have the algorithms, one that doesn't have all the uh, you know the commercials and ads and pornography and sexuality. I think that would be a great thing to do, but it won't make you a billion dollars. That's right. And so I hope that some young guys listen to this. Go, okay. I want to be pure. I want to be healthy. I want to be holy. I can't do that in my behavior. I can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ is death on the cross, and blood has already made me that. So what can I do in this in this lane? to look differently than the culture. Yeah, I love that. But That's good. Challenge. There's, hey, there's a guy out there listening. Yeah, throw the gauntlet All right, out. Yeah. All right Clint, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things, just talking to those young men, that, that, that you and I see is going to be a, a strong um, necessity for them, right, is learning how to set boundaries themselves, right? So if the availability for sexual activity is there, Right, they're they're going to be the ones who are going to have to learn to say no. Yep. And so often in our culture, before this, right, it was always the girl who would say no. The guy would, you know, pr you know, um, be the one who's the pursuer. Right, the girl would say no. And what we're looking at is one, from a biblical standpoint, that's actually never been the role of the man. Mm -hmm. Right, was to press a girl into sexual activity. Right, yeah. the, the guy was actually the protector of her. Of well, that's where we've seen rape culture come in. Is that yes. I've seen thousands of girls and worked in tra human trafficking where. Guys need to know if a, if a girl's not saying, please have sex with me, then that's not consensual, right? So rape has been considered, oh, I held you down and had sex with you. Yep. No, rape is if you're continuing to push and continuing to push and she's like, no, not really. No, no, no. Yep, yep. Okay, I guess so. That's not the same as forcing her, but it's assault. Yep. And we, I think, as Christian men have to see that and have that self-control to go, unless she's into it, right, unless she really wants to be doing this, I should not be touching it. Yeah. Now, on, as a Christian, we should go – Hey, how do I not put myself – how do I have boundaries where I don't even put myself in positions to where it can go that way? Yeah. Because it always sounds like, well, we'll be fine until you're under the covers by yourself and your hormones are kicking and you love this person and you care about them. And just like with addiction, once the ball rolls down the hill, 
once it gets past the third level, there's really yeah. <laughs> no pull. Well, and, and, I mean, you see the same thing in marriage then, because mm-hmm. that, that was always the thing that, you know, once you get into marriage, you can do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Well, so much abuse. Right. But you, yeah, and you do. You have so many men who then take that and it's like, hey, now that I've put a ring on your finger, I can treat you any way I want. I deserve this. I deserve this. And, and the reality is, it's like what scripture tells me is my job is to love and to cherish and to protect and provide and to sacrifice myself for her. And so it isn't, right, here's what I, I want from you. It's what can I give to you, mm-hmm. right? What, what is it that makes you the best version of yourself? And how do I serve you in that capacity? And I think you got a lot of young men that have not been brought up with that concept. And so, 100%. you know, they're, they're, you know, in a really bad space, especially as the culture has shifted. And as you said, and, you know, women are pursuing them. Now they're kind of like, oh, and, you know, yes, yes, yes. Free for all. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no, you, you still have to, you know, desire what's best for her, even if she doesn't know what's best for her. Yeah. With my kids, like, uh, I heard a thing one time and I've been using it, but I haven't had to use it too much because my kids are little, but uh, my oldest is starting to glance, you know? And mm-hmm. so one of the things you can do is just, you know, a girl bends over in front of you or, you know, she has a lot of cleavage out and she comes to do like, you know, tell your son or tell yourself, like, I'm going to respect her body. I'm going right. to look away. I'm going to turn. I'm, you know, even if she, you don't feel like she's respecting herself, I'm going to respect her. And, yeah. and building that habit and that pathway, that neuropathway in your brain, it you have to be able to practice those kind of things. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that is part of our call as men is to be obedient, even if nobody else is. Right. And even if the culture around you and, you know, if you think about it, guys, like you wake up in the morning, if you're talking about an arousal template, right, and testosterone and, and being turned on, it's like we wake up at a five, you know, maybe we had a dream, maybe <laughs> we're just woken up that way, you know, morning, morning erections happening, you know, we wake up at a five, oh, a girl wakes up at a two and then you get on your phone you know, we get on Instagram, get on social media, you see a couple ads, maybe even porn, you turn it off. Now you're at a seven. Yeah. Then you get to the afternoon, you've seen girls in class, you've walked around, you've thought thoughts. And now by the, the, the night you're at a 10, well, she's still at a two, right? And then let's say she, your, your wife says, hey, kids are crazy, I'm tired, or maybe I just don't want to, or let's just relax and connect and not have to have sex. Well, you're still at a 10 and she's still at a two. Yeah. And then you go to sleep and you wake up at a 10. Like it's this cycle and I think that guys have to be very careful with what they consume and what yeah. they take in because even as a neutral without a phone, billboards and ads and things that you see that just being in the culture with yoga pants and everything else, going to the gym, it's like you have to monitor how much you're being stimulated because it's not your spouse's or your girlfriend's fault that the culture's overstimulating you. And you shouldn't take that and go, well, I'm just this way and I'm a man, so you got to meet my needs yeah. because if not, I'm going to cheat on you or leave or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that a lot. Yeah. And and, and there, there was a, a book that came out, you know, not even a hint, and it just talked about sexual, you know, impurity, sexual immorality. And it was, it was like, you know, men, you can't go anywhere um, where you're going to have, right, immoral thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so men can't go to church? Right. Uh, men can't go to the gym? I mean, men can't walk outside? I was like, no, that's not the point. Yeah, it's missing right? the point. Right. The, the point is that you've got to learn to control those things, mm-hmm. right? Scripture talks a lot about learning to control your thoughts, taking your thoughts captive to Christ. Which learning... means you're going to be having them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You right. don't need to feel shame for being tempted and having them. Well, yeah. We live in a fallen, broken world, yeah. and we are fallen, broken creatures. Yep. So if you are not having any fallen, broken thoughts, right, then you don't live here. Right. Right. <laughs> but but the concept is, is Christ came to redeem that. Yep. Right. And he came to heal it, and he came to change it. And so if you're still stuck in those right? Years later, right? Then that's the process where you go, okay, so the Holy Spirit's supposed to come and transform, right? Well, yeah, you have to, you have to help him 
right? Do that particular work. You have to allow him, right? That's that whole abiding in Christ. Yep. What does that mean? It means, okay, Christ, come in here, take a look at my thoughts, and let's figure out which ones need to stay and which ones need to be jettisoned. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the, well, you know, one of the fruits of the Spirit of, of knowing that you have the Holy Spirit is that self-control. And I think what people tend to think that means is, well, then I'm going to control all my actions. And what it really means is giving up yes. everything to God. Like, And that goes to, I think it's Second uh, Corinthians maybe or Colossians, where it's, you know, your body's not your own; it's yes. God's. Like you, you, you're giving up everything for this thi- yeah. for for Him. Like you don't own it. Yeah, you're like, now a temple. Yes, right? it's a temple. It's yeah. a sacrifice to God. Use your bodies as a living sacrifice. I don't think we take that seriously enough. Yeah. So when it comes to like all this talk about LGBTQ or homosexuality or, or heterosexual sin, Jesus's stance is always way more extreme. Yes, than anything that we think that it is. Because like it says, if you look at your brother with you know. With anger, it's the same as committing murder. If you look at a woman lustfully, it's the same as committing adultery. He's not doing what that book does, which is trying to shame you and say, you you idiot, why are you doing these bad things? He's saying, your ability to be perfect in the way I need you to be is impossible, yep. which is why you need me. Yep. And so I think shame is some of the root cause of so many of our addictions and our impulses and relationships as men. Because we're we're not walking in the gospel, we're walking in what Satan tells us right. and what the world tells us. Which, once you've taken one step off the curb, right, it's like you might as well go all the way. Yeah, like and, that. Well, that's, that's the problem with the purity that, culture, yep. right? It's uh, well, you need to be pure, and a girl's like, well, I already had sex, I already kissed this guy, yep. so why not go have sex with twenty people? I've already ruined my purity, yep. and it's like purity is not about your works and your actions; it's about how God sees you because of Christ. Amen. So you're already pure. And Ch- Matt Chandler does this great sermon called Jesus Wants the Rose. Have you seen that? Yes. It's great. Yep. You know, he talks about the, the pastor who passes the rose around, and at the end it's all banged up, and he's like, who would want this? And yeah. he's like, Jesus, Jesus wants, wants the it. rose. Yeah, like, that's right. So good. That because, was so good. But that's like— But that's—we we do. We feel like we have to put ourselves together to come to Christ, mm-hmm. right? And, and it says, you know, when you were yet an enemy, right— Christ came to you. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's that, it's that reality of, yeah, you have to know that you were, you know, beaten and bruised and broken when Christ came and redeemed you. It says, it says I mean, literally that you were on, a, you know, a dunghill of, you know, of cow manure. Yep. Right. And Christ pulled you out of there and placed you with princes. Yep. And we love the second part of that. Right? Oh, he placed me with princes. It's like, okay, just remember where you came from. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I heard recently, um, we talking about Psalm 23. Mm. And the Lord is my shepherd, you know, he leads me to the still waters, uh, leads me to uh, greener pastures, essentially. And when I when I think about that sermon, like anybody who hears that passage, you close your eyes, you know, you picture a brook, yep. and then this green grass yep. that goes forever, right? That's the picture. But the Jews really would have thought about it like a totally different way. It would have been where they live is very rocky, there's mountains, there's terrain, there's, you know, all kinds of cactus and things that hurt you, and, yeah. and it's dry. And they would take the sheep throughout these places, and then they would come across a little brook a little, yep, and some yeah, green grass. A little bit of green grass. <laughs> and it would be just enough for the day for them to eat it, yep. right? And so many times I think American Christianity and men especially, we think, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to suffer, and then I'm going to get to this promised land or this green grass. So it's like, okay, then I won't have sex. With, like, here's – and uh, let me burst some bubbles. Let's say you are pure and let's say you don't have sex and let's say you keep yourself from porn and you get married. You still can't feel entitled to the the, the flowing pasture. Yeah. That's heaven. 
One day Christ is going to fulfill everything you need sexually and emotionally and spiritually and all these things because those things are are just shadows of his love and his connection. She's not. Right. So when you do all these things, don't do it so your wife then goes, oh, well, I'm going to have sex with you all the time because you've been a good boy. Thank you. And a lot of times we do that too. And I've been guilty of that, of like, well, I'm a good husband. I don't do what all these other guys do. Why are we not connecting more? Why don't you see me as so good? And I realize, like, I'm trying to take Jesus' place. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the crazy thing is is we forget that the void inside of us is an eternal void, mm-hmm. and the only thing that can fill it right is something that's an eternal being. Yep. So when we want our wife to fill it, we crush her by the weight of eternity. Yes. Right. Or when oh, she like wants, we want, when she wants us to fill it, right? Then then she crushes us oh, by yeah. the weight of eternity. But yet Christ can fill that, and then and then He says, "Hey, listen, if you let me fill it." I can love her through you, mm-hmm. right, in a way that is actually beyond your ability to love her. And yep. so 1 Corinthians 13 comes in and says, you know, love is patient, love is kind. Love. And I go, wait a second. Doesn't Dan, boast that right, whole list Dan, of wrongs. Dan's not patient. Dan's nope. not kind. And, and Jesus is like, but here's the thing, right? I am. Yep. And so when, when Dan's— he is love. Right, because, because when Dan's not patient, God is, mm-hmm. right? When Dan's not kind, God can be. And so when I abide and I allow him to do that, now I'm not— just re, you know, going with my own reserve and my own strength and my own ability and and my own goodness. Yeah. Right. But I can go back to right the fruit of the spirit that gets manifest in me. Right. And that fruit is all there. Right. It's it's all present. So that yeah. love and that joy and that peace and that patience and that kindness. Right. I mean, and that self control. Yep. Right. That's all a part of what the fruit gets to be. Right. Manifest in my life. Yeah. And I think as a as a Christian male, I think the other thing I would say around all of that is how do you, how do you get there where you're spiritually and emotionally intelligent? Mm. And I think as men, you know, I do jujitsu. I was in the army. Like if you want to like put it on paper, right, I would be a pretty masculine guy. Yep. But I'm extremely emotional. I cry with my kids like I, uh, I mourn with people who mourn. Um, and I, a lot of therapies helped me get there um, and a lot of prayer. But my, but Jesus was very emotional, yeah. emotionally driven, and we live in this this culture right now where it's like you know you have one side who's like feel everything and be kind of a, a they want you to be a effeminate male, and mm-hmm. you have this other side who's like don't feel anything, facts not feeling, suck it up, let's get it, and it, you know Jesus wasn't either one of those. Nope. He he was he cried, he wept, he grieved, he was sensitive, he was vulnerable. But he also like knew what to do when it was time to go. And right. can nobody top Jesus at suffering? I mean, you know, you want to talk CrossFit or jujitsu or any of that stuff. None of them are carrying that cross up the hill while getting beaten while with thorns in their yeah. head. And his withstanding temptation. Oh yes, none, none of us have withstood temptation even to the you oh know, I, close I, yeah, to where I fail he was. all the time. It's like what, <laughs> whether it's food or lust or you know anger or any of those temptations, yep. we're all susceptible to it. But Jesus, like I was, I was thinking about this the other day, like we never talk about like. The prostitutes tempting Jesus, yeah. but you can imagine yeah. he's a young thirty-three year old. He's lead, a leader. He's pastoring a single yeah. guy. You think that people weren't hitting him up, right? Those 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 psalms and those proverbs about the uh, the tempter and the dripping honey and the yes. it's like you know he was getting tempted and temptation again. If I don't like chocolate cake, I'm not tempted by it. That's right. Which means Jesus had to think about it. He had to have those moments of humanity of like. Wow, that feels good. I could do this. However, I know what's true. Right. right? He was tempted by Satan, meaning he had 
you know, his his father was there, he was connected with him, so he knew scripture, he knew what was true. But there was the option there. It was just out there going, Hey, you can you can have all the kingdoms, you know. I think what's funny about that that passage is I can imagine Jesus being like, Don't you know all this stuff's mine anyway? Yeah, exactly. like, what are you giving me? <laughs> like, you know, this is my this is all my stuff. My dad's already given it to me. Yeah. You can't hand me anything. That's and and that's mine. but and, and that's the great joy, right? Yes. When you know, Psalm sixteen talks about how um fullness of joy is actually found in God, mm-hmm. right? Where God's already given it to you. Yep. And so when we go to the world and we try to seek the cheap substitute and God's like, why, what, what are you, like, what are you doing with that? Yep. That That's, you know, I'm, I'm the joy that you want, mm-hmm. right? Ex- come experience me, taste and see this, right? And and then once you have that, then all the other things pale in comparison for it. Yeah, for so, sure. But, but, but we settle, right? I mean, C.S. Lewis wrote the great one, right? We, you know, oh, we yeah. settle instead of going to the vacation on the beach, we're out and, you know, making mud pies, right? And mm-hmm. it's just like, come on, people, right? You were made for something far greater for this. And that's where you start with those relationships, right? With men, right? When you know you're made for something far greater, right? Then you can, you can have that, that wonderful relationship that God allows us to have, right? That intimate, that pure marriage relationship, right? So you can you can save yourself for that, right, sexually. Um, and then you can have a great sexual marriage relationship where you're honoring her and you're cherishing her and you're protecting her. And I'm just going to tell you, in this world right now, marriage is so just diminished. Oh, right? it's, it's such we, a like... We need Christian men to step up and say, thing. hey, marriage is important and I'm, <clears throat> I need to do it well, not just for myself and not just for my wife and not just for my kids, but for the world to see what marriage really looks That's like. That's so good. What, one of the things we've been working with a lot of people on, churches and staffs and individuals, is just that, is going, hey, listen, when I say let's get in a small group and share, when I say confess sin, when I say um, marriage or parenting, you know, they're, they're these buzzwords, yeah. right? These buzzwords yeah. that people think they know what they mean. But what I have found is, like, most people haven't seen it. Right. So they're so terrified of doing it because they've only seen it done poorly. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, let's do it right so that the world looks at it and goes, oh, my gosh, this these principles, this biblical living actually works. So what I see is people rejecting people, not biblical truth. So yes. they go, oh, well, the Bible does. Look at all these Christians who divorce and are addicted and all these like. Well, that's not a, that's not the Bible's fault. That's people yeah. doing exactly what the Bible actually says they're going to do. Yeah. So we need Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to give us communities of people who can walk it out. And so that's yeah, I would definitely challenge men and and young adults to go make sure you have guys in your life who are on that same journey with you and influencing you the right way that you can confess to and who aren't going to shame you and who are going to hold you accountable and who who see you as Christ sees you yeah. as loved and worthy and valuable and secure and that that know what God's already promised you. And not in a prosperity way, but in a God's promised to work things out for good. He's promised that what Satan is using for evil, he's going to turn it for good. He's he's promised that the if you if you follow his commands, he's not going to depart from you. He's he's promised all these things and in our prayer lives, I feel like we got to pray the promises of God a lot more than we pray for our problems sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I love how you even just threw the prosperity out there, right? I mean, it's to Joshua, you know, 1819, right? When 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 God talks about prosperity and success, he, he's talking about knowing him. Exactly. And, and it's funny because he's just like, you, you want to be prosperous? You want to be successful? Know my word. Yeah. Right? And it's just like, how in the world does that make you prosperous and successful? And it's yeah. like, well, it depends on which economy you're talking about. Exactly. Like, well, and it may world. make it money. You know and, what I mean? Sure, That's, sure. There's nothing wrong with wealth to extend the kingdom. Um, as long as you're wealthy in him, yeah, right, first. then, then yes. right, money becomes a tool that he can use for his glory. Oh, if, yeah. if you're only wealthy in the world's things, right, then money becomes something that right, quickly becomes your idol. And God says, listen, you won't have, you won't have two gods. You'll serve one or the yeah, other. You can't have one. 
So, yep. so good. You can have both. Yeah, so man, good. it's so good. Man, Clint, I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate your ministry. I love what you do. Um, I love that you are out there um, not only speaking to people, but writing, um, podcasting, and uh, and just, uh, you know, I just pray for God to continue to bless you, your your family, uh, and the work that you're doing in your ministry. So thanks for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, if y'all need something, you can, you know, find us at Clint Davis Counseling on Instagram or uh, Facebook or uh, our YouTube channel, and you can email me at clintdavis at gmail.com if you have any, like, addiction issues or depression issues and you just need a question, shoot me an email. I'd love to answer it or send you somewhere in your area for good counsel. You're awesome. Thanks. Yep. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man. We'll be right back. 